2: and we're doing this. We're here. This is where
0: this is where there would be some kind of musical fade in of some song that we haven't written yet. We haven't written yet, but we will. There's going to be a song. I've thought of I have some ideas for it. It has has something to do with like where we can just replace a section of the song with whatever guest we have on and then it ends with, you know, that thing I do, which is the podcast you're listening to. Welcome.
2: Yes, welcome to That Thing I Do Podcast. Um, that was a great intro, Darren. Yeah. You're already a professional.
0: I've been thinking about this for a long time. You've been you've, you've implanted this into my brain for the past year of the pandemic times, and now we're finally here, and, and I'm ready to go. we're finally doing
2: it. I'm all I dressed know. up. I'm
0: walking down the stairs to Six Spence on the richer. Seminole Kiss Me, <laughs> and you're waiting at the bottom with a corsage.
2: <laughs> and I'm pretty, I'm pretty
0: sure we're going to lose our virginity tonight.
2: God, honestly- This is that moment. Darren, do you know, that's all I wanted in high school. And I was very, very, very much off on the mark. I really thought, actually, I mean, if you really want to talk about this, I thought that I was going to, um, I thought I was going to lose my virginity at some point in high school, and then that didn't happen. And so then I just was like, okay, I'm just gonna lose it at some point, like maybe over the summer. Didn't I was like I'm like I'm not going to be a high school student and lose my virginity.
0: You sound like you're talking about like your car keys. Like I'm going to lose them at some point. <laughs> like like where did I where did I put my virginity? Oh, damn it. I really got to put a like a bell on it. I
2: really got to I know I got to Well now, you know, now it's almost impossible to lose your keys because of Apple.
0: Right. Apple's going to start putting alerts on people's on people's virginity. virginities.
2: <laughs> oh, it's man. lost. It's lost. Where, it.
0: where is it? Find my virginity. Where oh, did it go? Oh my god. It oh, says mine. it's around here. It says it was somewhere in college, but I don't remember.
2: <laughs> I didn't, you know what? But that's the thing is I, I made a conscious, I was like, I'm I'm going to that because I, because I didn't lose it in high school. I was like, you know what? I'm going to lose it to someone I love. And then that didn't even fucking happen. You I know just what? ended up,
0: this is semantics. I don't like the verbs that we're using here of like to lose it as if like you lost. It's like, isn't it something like, let's, we we, we live in a progressive society. Isn't it something that you like g- Well, give In a, a, a consensual, I think yes. that's the connotation. Yes, that's, I'm just, I'm, I'm, it was I'm talking consensual. about semantics. Yes, of yes. course. Uh-huh. This Hopefully. was
2: consensual. It was a hundred percent consensual. However, I went into it just being like, bitch, you just need to do it and get it over with because you're putting way too much emphasis on it.
0: I think a Do lot I mean? of probably kids feel that way. Yeah. By the way, this is a hell of a way to come crashing into this podcast. <laughs> My name's Darren Chris. <laughs> who are you? Who am I talking to? Who is who is this person?
2: I'm Estee Fucking Hayim. Um, why why are we
0: here? Did we decide just we were just going to come out of the gate talking about virginity or like what's what was? No, the plan? that
2: was totally. This is we're this whole podcast is completely off book.
0: We're yeah, not on book
2: planned. at all. Nothing is planned. We just have a lot of fun talking to each other. And that was kind of the reason that I wanted to do this podcast is. That conversation really could have been
0: any conversation we've had in the past year where you said, I wish they were rolling. And I said, I don't know. Do I? <laughs> it's I know, good coming thing. out
2: Coming out the gate, talking about losing your virginity, I think is a strong, a strong way to. Um, enter into this idea of that thing I do to which hopefully
0: is... to hopefully ease you know the the proverbial virginity of people yeah. knowing us
2: ease it in yeah
0: lo- losing their you know uh, I guess virginity with with the with the I guess I don't know you can pick the metaf- metaphor with the blank that is us <laughs> I don't know I, I don't want to choose male or female genitalia for our for our collective. <laughs> Thing. There
2: doesn't. I don't think there needs to be um, a specific decision when it comes. Yeah, we don't have to to. either or. No, 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 no. Again, progressive. We are progressive. Yeah,
0: whichever, whatever's, whatever's your bag. But we are. Uh, we have started this podcast. We are. This sound may sound gruesome. I'm being very like protective of my words because I'm like, oh yeah, now we're recording. This isn't just a FaceTime between me and Esty. Everything I say and do will be held accountable for me in the court it's of true. the internet. It's true. It's everything is gifified. Everything is shared out of context. Oh God. No, we got to be terrifying. Careful. I just got we so be scared. Careful.
2: Don't be scared. This is a safe this is a safe space I that hope we're so. going to broadcast to millions of people.
0: And this is why I like podcasts, because, you know, unlike the internet where things are mostly uh, written out, you can uh, and and taken out of context. Podcasts are long form things where you can hear the kind of uh the timber and the emphasis and hopefully nuance of our voice which 99% of the time we're joking we we i think we're both you know compassionate considerate people that half of the wild shit that comes out of our mouths is you know it's it comes from love and and respect but mainly just wise agreed
2: agreed yeah. and i think that we neither of us take ourselves very seriously. I think we take our craft seriously, but I think that's yes. the only thing that we kind of take seriously. You have Ourselves, echoed something.
0: Yes. This is, right? this is all the people that I gravitate towards in life. And this is why I think you and I are pals, which is, yeah, I always say I take my, my job very seriously, but I do not take myself seriously at all. And you absolutely fall yeah. into that category of people. But back to the uncomfortable um, comparison of people losing their virginity to us, Uh, we're also (laughs) losing our virginity to them. If you're listening to this, thank you for giving us a shot. There's no shortage of podcasts to listen to, um, and it really just kind of comes down to the people that you might think might be fun to, you know, let permeate your brain for a little bit. So, you know, Essie and I are fully aware that this is not exactly an unsaturated market.
2: Yes, why?
0: So why did we... Why did we do this? Why are we here? What what is that thing I do? How did we get here?
2: Well, the short the short version of this is just that you texted me out of the blue one day after being friends for like a very long time, and like we've hung out, and you know we've had multiple you know hangs and conversations, and I've played music with you, and you know every we've done every kind of thing that you know that friends do hangs collabs what have you collabs and then you texted me out of the blue during the pandemic and i think the text was if hey if it. you ever if you ever wanted to do that thing you do as a one-woman show i would produce it <laughs> i'll give a it little was backstory something along those lines
0: i have fun uh, uh essie and i are both kids of the mid to late 90s early 2000s and uh i have a band that i do intermittently with some of my close friends where we play 90s alt rock covers and songs from that era and uh you know picking the set list is always fun because it's all your favorite songs that, that what by your i mean mine favorite songs that i grew up with and, and i should say st and uh, our ours is uh, uh, we, we's Ow. what is the pos- what is the possessive plural pronoun
2: let's just say we's because i wheeze. think that that's just a fun thing to yeah. say.
0: We's wee's favorite songs our favorite songs our <laughs> no I, why am i i don't know i'm I'm screwing this up i'm getting too too excited that i'm here i'm sure anyway <laughs> so our favorite songs growing up so i i realized that that thing i do uh while a song written in the style of you know early mid-60s uh pop mm-hmm. rock and roll was a 90s song nonetheless and yes, so i wanted to have you sing it and I remember when I was asking, you were just going off on how much you love the movie and you were, just kept texting me back quotes from the movie and clearly you knew every line. And uh, you you were like, I could literally do a one-woman show of that thing I do. Of that, no, that, I wasn't oh, no, that thing you do. It was that thing you do. I could do a one-woman show of that thing you do to which I said, I could see it now. It's in North Hollywood at a small black box theater. Yes. In lights, S.D. Himes, S.D. Himes, that thing i do
2: that thing thing you do
0: that thing no that thing i do see now we've confused it because we were so in the weeds with the show it's sd hyam's that thing i do which would be a play on the movie that thing you do which is the song in the movie that you know so well and so I as a
2: one woman show
0: yes and i was meditating on this in the middle of doing whatever the fuck i was doing and i was just chuckling going god that's a funny joke Who would appreciate this? But also, like,
2: a brilliant idea.
0: Well, thank you. Well, it it evolved into something else that you have totally...
2: Well, because, to be honest, at the time, it was... We were, like, in the middle of the pandemic, and I was like, "Oi, like, when is theater even gonna come back?
0: We had no idea.
2: No idea. So then I was like, well, how would I be able to make this happen? I can't really talk to myself.
0: Wait, were you really actually contemplating... Because this is just me joking, as I always do, but you were like, how would I actually put on that thing I do?
2: No, I... That was... It took me a good hour to text you back because I was ruminating on this idea. That thing you do, I could literally play every character in the movie and I know all the lines Quit. and I can play all the songs.
0: Yeah, I know you can't quit. I know there's if you don't know the movie, that thing you do or the song, you're going to be kind of lost in the next however many minutes we're talking about the movie. But this is a seminal movie for anybody that grew up at the time. Tom Hanks fans, uh, music fans, uh, shout out to the late, great Adam Schlesinger, who we lost during the pandemic, who was one of the oh. principal songwriters of one of the greatest songs ever, That Thing You Do. Um, a lot of really amazing people involved. And I think if you're in a band, at some point or another, you're going to quote this movie <laughs> because percent, you know, all the kind of tropes and and uh, trials and tribulations of being in a successful band. I'm sure. I, do you do that with your sisters ever? Do you ever just like like, just mouth off? quotes from the
2: movie. Oh my God. I I think we the one the the most quotable one is I quit because yeah, I feel I like quit. we say that to each other every day. Yep. <laughs> I, quit. I quit Mr I quit Mr. White. Yeah and shout out to Gary Getzman, the producer yeah. of that thing you do. Shout out to Tom Hanks.
0: Yeah, a lot of LA history on that one.
2: You know, yeah, Gary Getzman is like a valley ledge.
0: Yeah, and you're from the valley. By the way, I'm and gonna I'm slowly transition valley. this into the fact that, you know, this show we wanted to so I uh, here, I'm going to circle back to what I was about to say. I was, you know, kidding about this thing. And Esty was the one that said, you know what? We have all these fun conversations. Would you start a podcast with me? And I was like, absolutely not. Uh, I've, yeah. got, I re- I've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I don't want to be just another actor person that just starts a podcast. But I think like a lot of great things in life, you know, it just takes somebody you like to go, yeah, do you want to do this thing with me? And then you suddenly go, yeah, I guess... Yeah, sure. I'll I'll go with you. I'll, I'll do I'll do it with you. That you sounds definitely
2: fun. played hard to get with me, Darren. A hundred percent. You. Oh,
0: I'm just a girl who can't you, say no.
2: You. Were, but but I wore you down. You really I did. Steve Urkled you. I'm wearing you down. I'm wearing you down as we speak.
0: But it's fun. I enjoy our conversations. And and there was something that occurred to me over the course of our many sort of uh, just wild conversations that one of the things that that. Uh, is special about our relationship is this unique perspective that we both have as total and utter fangirls of the industry that raised us and the one that we managed totally. to, to wiggle ourselves into so you are primarily known as a musician objectively yes. but for those that know you like myself and people that came up with you you know you you're a renaissance lady and you studied acting and theater and have, you know, such a huge spectrum of things that you are passionate about in the way that I feel like objectively people probably would most recognize me as an actor, but I've spent a great deal of time doing music and, you know, we're not alone in this sort of uh very, <laughs> for better or for worse, uh,
2: multi-hyphenate. Multi-
0: uh, yeah, like, well, we're not saying we're any good at it, but we certainly have different uh, it, you know, we can't we can't uh, keep our hands to ourselves with with as many things as possible, with many with with as many different heads of the dragon as possible. We want to kind of get totally. into them, so it does yield for a bit of an interesting conversation. And the number of people that we know that uh, I think would love to get into those things they do as well. So the, your one totally. woman show about a movie that we did not write our own or have any creative affiliation with other than being fans now has turned into a podcast so here we are
2: and wanting to talk to other people and honestly make friends with other people that you know are maybe well known for one thing but truly have a passion for something completely different
0: right because when those people go out on a press tour for for a certain thing you know I think a lot of the uh you maybe things that that maybe those programs might consider maybe a side hustle or like a cute fluff piece like oh i heard you got really totally. into garden gardening like yeah. if i really want to get into that i want to because those things also make you who you are they are that thing that you do it's that like a do. big big part of your identity and there's reasons for why those things appeal to that person and how it's connected to the thing that they're maybe mostly known for and I don't know. I just felt and like there I was a lack know. of. Yeah, we want to know. and We want to talk about, it. and also not from like a fluffy kind of like outsider looking in. It from it's more from the insiders looking out with a lot of these folks. So I think it was a fantastic idea, and I am indebted to Esti for... Thank you, Darren, for for wearing me down because I'm already having fun, and we're this is
2: I only really episode did. one. I
1: really did, and it's only episode one. Selling a little or a lot. to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
0: Today, for this episode, our special guests, we're flattering ourselves, are ourselves, but here's the catch. Each other. I'm going to be interviewing Estee Haim and she's going to be interviewing me. So maybe if this is the first time you've ever gotten to listen to us, hopefully you get to know us a little better by the end of this episode. And hopefully that makes you more interested in the questions that we ask other guests in the future. Because something that occurred to me before we started recording, Estee, is that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, uh, gosh, if you've been doing this for decades and decades. I was listening to a podcast with uh, Hugh Grant and okay. there was a story that he told that it sounded like he'd told the story a million times. And he said, well, I've been, you know, this is, this is the famous story that I've told a million times to every outlet. And, you know, you could hear the exhaustion in his setup. And I realized that this poor guy has probably told the story probably over a hundred thousand times. And yet this was the first time that, you that, had heard it. that I had heard it. So we always have right. to treat like nobody knows us, knows what's going on. So let's crack right into it. That thing I do. Okay. Estheim, you just mentioned that you always thought in a sort of another dimension that you'd be kind of that ready, <laughs> not ready for primetime SNL player. And here we are, you know, having become friends through the music industry and you know playing music. So let's just start back at the beginning here. So you know, you're growing up in the Valley. We talked, we were talking about yes. the Valley. That is a very specific place to grow up. You're surrounded by the entertainment industry in a way that perhaps not a lot of uh, other city metropolitan areas in the United States, other than maybe New York, are. Was this something you know? Uh, it's a classic question. You may have answered a million times, but for our listeners, why? Why was it? Why music? Why was? How come we don't see on SNL?
2: Well, I do. I think that the thing about growing up in the Valley, the Valley is technically in Los Angeles, but the thing is, is like it wasn't like I was living next door to like Pat Benatar. I was sure. living next door to like Pat Benatar's you know, gun for hire on her 87 tour. Do you know what I mean? Right. So like, we, it was super like, you know, we were, you know, middle class at best, but I was surrounded by these like session musicians that just lived in my neighborhood. And so when I would go on walks with my parents, you know, garage doors would be open and there were just people jamming all the time. And I was a precocious, curious kid. And so I, you know, I would ask, you know, I'd ask questions about like touring. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, it was really, really random, I think, if anything. But, you know, at the same time, I was, you know, kind of exploring what, you know, what the idea of like doing music for a living would look like simultaneously, I was also like, watching SNL and like watching the one woman show of Gilda Radner talking about, you know, cancer and like being fully immersed in acting and comedy. And I think that really, that came from, I mean, again, if we're, if we're going to get into therapy mode, I think that I grew up really insecure as a, as like a kid, as like a five-year-old. And um for whatever and you're, reason. And you're I mean, the oldest of the three, right? I'm the oldest of, of three. I have two sisters, Danielle and Alana, uh, that are my best friends. But unfortunately, as the oldest, I don't really have anyone older than me telling me like what was cool, what to wear, what to listen to. I was very trial by error.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. As of the oldest sibling. That's I'm the youngest sibling, so I, I understand that. I've you know, I got to know that as I get older. Yeah.
2: Yeah. As you got I mean, at least you had I'm assuming you had someone like if you walked out with like, you know, I don't know, like a shirt with a rubber ducky on it and you had a sibling that was like, maybe don't wear the shirt with a rubber ducky. I don't fucking know. I don't like yeah. what's, what's even cool. No, I don't know. I know. I, know. I still don't but, yeah. know what's cool. I still have no semblance of like, you know, what to, what to do and what not to do. So as a kid, I think I just, I, I had a lot of energy So, you know, what's, what, what do you do when you're a parent and you have a a precocious little kid? Like, you know, you, I would stay after school and I was in choir and, you know, there was like theater groups that would, you know, for free after school at my, at my elementary school.
0: Right. But your parents were in uh, the arts was or what's, what was the, who who is the more? Yeah.
2: Well, my dad, my dad grew up. Uh, playing drums. So my dad was a drummer and he put me on the drums at a really, really young age. And my mom taught guitar when she was in high school and in college to like help pay rent. And so my mom played guitar, my dad played drums. And so both of them kind of taught me how to play. But I think, honestly, because my parents did it, I think in my mind I was like, that's, you know, th- that was like my rebellion. That's a parent thing, yeah. That's not Yeah, I was like, I'm, not, yeah. Yeah, not, was like, I'm not doing life. that. No, like music, music. Like, ah, I want to be an actor.
0: Yeah, and interesting.
2: Yeah, so like- and 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 then eventually, you know, I had a band with them and then that really drove home the like, oh, hell no, I'm not do like this is so fucking dorky.
0: So you never felt like as even performing music, because this is something I always say when people ask me, you know, which one do I prefer? And I do say they're the same. We can get into that later. But when you yeah. when you're when you're playing in a band, you know, was there any part of you that gravitated towards the performative element of it? And did that scratch that itch for you as far as? you know, playing this part, you know, the the theatricality of it or were they, was it church and state for you? You're like, nah, fuck this. I want to be an actor.
2: I think because I was doing this with my family, I think as a 13 year old, I, I innately knew like, this is not cool. This doesn't count. This is embarrassing. (laughs) Like this is not fun for me.
0: Oh man. (laughs)
2: Like I would play the Sherman Oak street fair and my, you know, it, it's a it's literally they close down Ventura Boulevard and you walk around and there's kiosks and there's live music and you know like it's kind of like it happens i think once a year in October so it's still like fucking like 90 degrees have you guys
0: gone back since you were kids
2: i think the last time i went i must have been like 20 or 21
0: they still got bands playing they still got uh
2: still got bands playing like it, I mean, it has do they changed. know
0: that the uh the high heim... well because what was it called heim time is that what it was no it's was was called the...
2: Rockenheim. and heim no oh, rock
0: heim okay Rockenheim. so are yeah. they aware that the what is now the internationally beloved uh rock band heim was got their start orig- got their start at the sherman oaks festival is i that think
2: what they're pretty aware. I mean, we still, we, we would play this church fair, this, the St. Francis de Sales fair every year as well. And every year, you know, we kind of, we get the, we get the call, you know, does Haim, does Rockenheim want to come back and, and play? And unfortunately the big
0: reunion, the Rockenheim reunion, you
2: know, the Rockenheim reunion, unfortunately we're on tour usually like right around, like it happens like the last week of April and it's usually the same time as Coachella. And so I'd, rather go to a festival than I go think to you the can make time beer. I think you can make time for N- I mean now honestly I'll play in their fucking parking lot <laughs> I will <laughs> yeah, who cares? Like, I will I will play any show if someone wants me like to play their you know their christening or their bris or their bar mitzvah wedding like I will play I feel I'm, like all I those things are so going to be
0: all those things are going to be the same now just because all the weddings all the brises all the bar mitzvahs Binets, like they're all gonna be put into <laughs> yeah. one thing now just to get it because all the rabbi, all the Moils, all the everyone's <laughs> gonna like they're gonna have to make a five in one deal because so many events have been I know, have like, been, been postponed. Uh, deferred, yeah, exactly. Well um, I know so you're playing those and then uh I guess here here's the question because it, it's I know it's a long gradual thing, but when you spend most of your life, you know, really wanting to be one th- and and maybe uh, I'll I'll give you this kind of caveat this caveat because I think had I done been known more as a musician I would probably mm-hmm. be telling people no I'm actually more of an actor because I like diverting people's perceptions so is do you think that you're desire to really pursue acting is augmented by the fact that you have done so well in music or has it always been the same of like i've always wanted to be doing acting and that this is sort of a side hustle that took off
2: no i mean i i think as i got older i think when i was when i was in middle school and i was in a band with my parents it was inherently embarrassing and then as I've grown older now, I look back on it and I'm like, oh, that was actually like really sweet and cute. And like, yeah. I learned so much from, you know, rehearsing with my family. And to be honest, also, there was, there's one moment I remember realizing that not every family was in a band because I thought oh, yeah. every family had a band.
0: Right. That makes sense. I mean, I think it's that moment when you realize that your experience is not everyone's experience I think that's it's more of a fundamental weird moment of like, life yeah
2: so strange like but you know I just assumed because it was the thing that like my family did on the weekends and you know we'd listen to the radio and we'd hit record on the tape deck because we wanted to figure out what the song was and what the chords were this was like the inner like we had internet but it took like for fucking ever to get the chords for anything so we would just listen to songs and learn them by ear, which I think also helped with songwriting. And so like all these things that we did kind of led up to being able to write songs and being able to, you know, play the instruments and be able to play live as well as we do because I do consider us a live band. You absolutely are. Because we played, we, you know, 10,000 hours, like fuck that, like 100,000 hours. Like we've played practice my instrument and like been I was I became obsessed with the bass and the drums and so much so that when I went to college I was I studied ethnomusicology and I think you know around I guess from like 17 18 well more like yeah 17 18 on was when I started thinking about maybe like this is something that I could do for a living because before that I didn't I didn't even entertain the idea of being a musician for my career because I think a lot of that had to do with like this is what I do with my fan like my parents like this is not something that I want to continue doing. But then I think once I got out of high school and I got into like a bunch of theater schools and really wanting to go to New York and thinking that like that was the first step into becoming an actress and and maybe getting on SNL because that's where SNL was. And I was like, Oh, like I'm going to be Felicity. I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to work at right. Dan DeLuca. I'm going to live <laughs> the New York. Especially dream. at that time.
0: We're all like media that we would have grown up with, whether it was friends, Seinfeld or, you know, going to New York city, sex in the city. These are all shows oh. that influence people our age. Especially from California. I mean, you know, as I get older, I meet so many New York kids that grew up in New York and have this sort of oasis perspective of, of Cal- like, California was the dream for them. Palm trees. Oh, my uh, God. California, you know, they yep. wanted in and out and a dream. Like, that's what they wanted to come. <laughs> so for us, I was always like, no, man, I'm from California. Get me to fucking New York. Like, I want my life to be scored exactly. by, like, a Nora Ephron movie soundtrack. Like let's,
2: Exactly. Let's
0: let's go. Let me meet it's my- It's so the grass yeah.
2: is always greener. Yeah. It's so the grass is always greener. And, like- So that was my dream. And my mom had gone to UCLA. And again, I think it was like, I'm not going to do what my parents did. Right. And then I got into UCLA and my family was like, I mean, this is what we can afford. Is like you going to a state school. It's not
0: a bad state school. That's a great school. It's not
2: a bad. I mean, this is the thing. I think in my childish 18-year-old brain, I... I really didn't really see the, like the scope of everything, which is like, I have two younger sisters that also want to go to college and like, I have to think about them. Wow. Yeah. And I've gotten into like a great school. Yes. It's still in Los Angeles and like, you know, but I, and now, cause now looking back on it, like it was a great decision. Cause had I gone to New York, I think things would have, I don't think that we'd be sitting here right now. Very wow. sliding you doors. Really, you you like, really think, you really think oh, that. A hundred percent. Why? One, why is that? Hundred percent. Because I would have focused. I mean, my band is with my sisters, and when I graduated high school, Danielle was in high was her sophomore in high school, and Alana was still in middle school. And and
0: you think that if you were in New York, you you wouldn't have been coming home and like hanging out? No,
2: and- absolutely not. No, Interesting. I mean maybe for like maybe for like a summer, but like you know, I wouldn't have been able to. You know, write songs with them. I mean, maybe it would. It just. I would have been so incredibly focused on. You know the like, the craft, the craft of being in the theater and acting, and.
0: So you got into you know, to, to schools in New York for acting and for theater for
2: acting, and then can I
0: ask where? Does it matter? I mean, I'm more just curious what's, what what schools like. I'm thinking of the alternate universe SD. am
2: well, Alternate University SD would have either gone, there was one school in New York and then one school in Pittsburgh. So Alternate University SD would have either gone to NYU or Carnegie Mellon.
0: Wow. Those are some pretty pretty good programs, man.
2: Pretty great programs. I mean, I came from a high school that was essentially like art school prep. I went to yeah. LOXA, LA County High School for the Arts.
0: This is going to come up a lot in our conversations because this is as a non-LA kid, I've, I've, grown, I've come to know a lot of people who have come in and around that area and I'm always... Uh, I wouldn't say surprised, but I'm always consistently impressed with the ilk of folks that have come through these places that have gone off and done pretty amazing things. So that's pretty cool.
1: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
2: not to turn the tables but
1: like I right i've been grilling you for I, a while i want to ask so this is the thing so
2: baby darren is born yeah baby darren comes into the world living in san francisco correct yep okay And then baby Darren, what did baby Darren or young Darren or toddler Darren, what was it? What do you think it was? Was it something that you saw on TV? I'll tell you the exact moment.
0: This is that that version of that Hugh Grant story. And it's one that I've been asked a lot to, in my mind, in my echo chamber of, and I know you can relate to this, where Mm -hmm. you go, oh, I've... Oh, I've done I said it in this interview and I said it in this stuff and you flatter yourself for a second thinking everybody has read the body of work that you've done in the media right and then and then I don't say and I go, I should have because this is like the true story, and I would love to like proliferate it through the world as much as possible so people understand the story. So the big moment for me, which I can articulate better now that uh, you know at the time it wasn't this conscious, but I was we millennials, were raised on what is now called the Disney Renaissance, right? So yes. this kind of like unprecedented boom with, of now golden, you know, uh, era of, of Disney movie musicals. And so as a kid, I obviously love those newsies.
2: Films. If you say Newsies, I will, I will close. I will literally <laughs> not until later. That's, session. That's okay. a big, that was okay. a big
0: one, but, uh, okay. but connected to Newsies because Alan Menken is a big part of this. So, When I saw, uh, I I remember seeing Aladdin in the theater and at this point, you know, this goes into a lot of entertainment history, but, you know, the VHS really fucked the game up in a really big way because, because before parents didn't have like a thing to just show, like everybody in our age group had the VHS's for, you know, it's like Little Mermaid, oh. uh, Beauty and the Beast, because you, you just pop it in, you watch it over and over again. This was, Costco, this was, you go to uh, Costco, uh, you yeah. get
2: the Disney movies. This is
0: a new phenomenon at the time. So uh, when the new releases came out in the fi- in the movie theater, like we would go all the time, and I went to see Aladdin, I can't even tell you how many times. And I was quite young, I, I, f- I forget what the numbers are in there, I must have been maybe seven. I but
2: Aladdin, Aladdin was like 93, 92. Yes,
0: yeah five or six. I mean, I don't I, I forget yeah. I have to look it up. The point is this is this is a very important plot point. you said San Francisco. Robin Williams is uh at this time he's not only the genie but he is a San Francisco resident and right. uh, he was sort of the local celebrity. He did a lot of stuff with all kinds of local San Francisco organizations and philanthropy. And I think, in the way that you were rubbing shoulders with the hired guns of Pat Benatar's 87 tour, you know, as a young child, actors and and mo- people in the movies and TV weren't something that you know this th- this existed in Narnia, in Oz, right. somewhere far off. but rob right. Mr. Williams, Robin Williams was the local guy that even as a young kid, I was like, okay, well, he lives in San Francisco. Like, I live in San Francisco. Right. Like, okay. and, and I remember watching and loving, obviously, Aladdin and putting the pieces together that he was the voice of the genie. So, okay. I remember sitting in the theater and seeing everybody having this positive reaction to this character. This wasn't conscious. Mm-hmm. Again, I can, I can, I can like, Uh, meditate on this as an adult now but like trying to process the idea that all these strangers have congregated in this room consciously and are having a collective cathartic experience with this person they've with this thing they've never met uh on screen with strangers they've never met or probably will never talk to and i was like this is amazing like one of my biggest mo's is like shortening the distance between people i i'm a connector i like people feeling like yep. they are connected to each other. This is all connected to that thing I do, which is you know, people think it's performing, but to me, I it's all, like I love g- building communities and just trying totally. to get people to feel related Same. to each other. So this is happening in a flash of a second as I'm watching people to my right and my left laughing at this genie, and I'm like, "Fuck this! I want to be a genie. I want to be a genie when I grow up. I want to be a genie in a movie. Oh my god!" And then you That's kind of so cute. It's adorable, but then I'm, you know, notified that that's the voice of Mr. Williams. Oh, Mr. Williams, he's the movie star guy who lives in the city. So whatever he does, I want to do what Robin Williams does. And then I set myself on a path to be an actor. And I have a really, this just happened a couple, like a week ago. It's a pretty cathartic Good. moment, actually. So there's an actor by the name of uh, Peter Coyote. If you yes. don't know Peter Coyote, Peter Coyote. Um, was a really big force in the 1960s in in San Francisco, particularly, and was a big part of a lot of uh, avant garde theater and a big uh, part of a lot of the like a, a lot of cool social, um, you know, uh, a lot of revolutionary shit that was happening in the okay. 60s. Peter okay. was kind of in the center of that. He was a dad at the school that I went to, and I knew that Mister Coyote was was uh, an actor, and mm-hmm. so I was six years old. And I looked in the school roster,
2: <gasps> okay, for
0: Peter Coyote. I was so nervous, and I called him, and he, he picked up the phone. I said, "Hello, Mr. Coyote. My name is Darren Chris. I would like to be an actor." Shut up. What do I do? And uh, he was so enchanted by this. I'm sure as anyone would be if a if a child has managed to find your phone home phone yes. number. And him and my parents uh, spoke about um, enrolling me into one of the, like, acting. So there's the American Conservatory Theater, which is a pretty prestigious MFA ACT. program for actors, ACT. It's yep. also a theater mm-hmm. company, uh, repertory theater company in San Francisco. They had a young conservatory. And uh, he was the one that suggested that I start taking classes there, which is where I would start going when I was, like, God, seven or eight until I was 18. And that was, Wait, like, my after life. Wait, but what happened a week life. ago?
2: Did you Did you talk to him? Okay,
0: so a week ago- I'm sitting in a restaurant in New York, and uh, I haven't spoken to this man in many years. And then somebody comes up and says, "Hey, he has his mask. We have our masks on, so you can't really right. recognize." He's like, "Hey, I'm Nick. I'm I'm Peter's son." I'm like, "Nick, holy shit!" Like Nick was was my brother's friend. And he's like, "You know, my dad's here." I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I go out, and you know, this, we're all you know, people are now vaccinated. Stop. We're feeling a little more emboldened to. And I just gave him the biggest hug, and I I almost burst into tears, and I was like, "Man, like." My life is so wildly different because of what you you did for me. I
2: love that story, Darren. That's so full circle. But those are two San Francisco
0: figures, Robin and Peter, that, you know, really kind of paved this like like the my ambition had a had a pathway, you know, this is totally
2: like you could see it.
0: Yeah, you could just, it made more sense. I mean, whatever sense I could make out of things when I'm a six-year-old, like people want a seven-year-old, people want to be like firemen or poli- whatever. For me, it was like, I want to do what they do. And God bless Mr. Cody for for helping my parents out. And so I studied and I went to school for it. So that, when you asked me, baby Darren, how did this all happen? Baby Darren. That was it because of some kind adults that you know really helped set the grounds, lay the tracks down for me to go.
2: I love that you saw the joy that Robin Williams was giving to people and that was what you want. Like, that was the reason you wanted to do it. It was like, you were like, cause correct me if I'm wrong, but you, cause you're talking about community, but that you saw the sheer joy that people were experiencing and you were looking around and you were like, if I could do that for,
0: I think on a more, on a deeper level, it wasn't just the joy. It's more just the fact that, again, the communion, the fact that like nobody here knows each other, like the fact that they're doing it together appeals to me. And I think one of the most common uh, misconstruences that happen for performers is people think, oh, like, and there are some of these people and that's fine. Some people need the attention and they like being in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of psychologists that could burst that open for you or myself. You know, right. I came from a loving family. I I, I don't need attention. I, I'm the kind of guy that like, and maybe that's a privilege of saying because if you get a certain degree, you can say, "Oh, I don't need it." Just like you know, if you if you have a certain ability, you can shy away from it. But like I I I never longed for it. Like I never feel like I need to get in front of a crowd to make me feel right. anything. What I need to do is i look at i look at the performing arts like a service industry it's, it's okay i, I like yes. serving a group of people or a thing to feel like more connected to their fellow human beings and yes uh, i don't always succeed at that but just that that is a calling uh if you want to look on a the theological standpoint like that is it's it's like a um uh, what's the word i'm looking for fuck Ah, it doesn't matter, but that's like my mission. That's that's my that's my calling. Got you, got you, got you. Know? That's your calling to got like you, to you, got help got people feel connected. And so, uh, yeah, the joy obviously is is a is a bonus of that feeling connected. But you do this as a performer at your live shows. You know, you do this like we we both do this in different ways. So whether it's through music right. or through or through well, that's uh, what live acting. shows
2: are, right? Like when you're yeah. playing music, it's like you're in a room with a bunch of people that. You 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 might know or you might not know, right? And you're all there for one. To me, like as a concert goer, I go see live music because I want to feel something, and I also don't want to feel so alone, right? So I guess it is kind of like community.
0: Yeah, because it's not. I just never the really show, of it that way. It's the it's the crowd. Like you're being with yeah. other people. Like that is why even though we can live stream concerts and watch DVDs, you know, what well, DVDs is an ancient word now, I guess, but you can you can watch you can watch bands play all the time, but it's, it's being in the room with those other people that feel the same way you do about something. That's the sauce that everybody's fucking chasing. Cause we, at the end of the day, no matter what technology we have, like we still are using all of it as a means to get back to each other. And that's like the bleeding heart idealist to me that like really believes that no matter what, everyone is just trying to get closer to people. They think they're not, but I think that's their subconscious is just leading them to try and feel another human being going like, yeah, fuck yeah, me too. So if I can like service that in any way, that was what all again was happening while I'm watching Aladdin and going, oh, I want in on this. So yeah, that was my kind of uh, calling. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. You and I could keep going. This is the first episode, guys. I We're, know, just we've shoot- been
2: going- We're just shooting from the hip. We've been going for so long. And there's so many there's so many things that I feel like we want to do on the show. Should we circle back now and you can pitch me? Because I'm going to be brutal. Yeah. You can pitch me these ideas. I'm going to be brutally honest here. Let's wrap this up. I'm thinking, first of all,
0: one of the greatest puns I've ever thought of in my fucking life that I want to yes. put in this show is breakfast epiphanies
2: yes that was one of the yep. first things you pitched to me and i said absolutely check like like services I don't know yes. what it
0: is like we're just gonna start and we're just gonna talk about things you know i i said what about blah blah and we'll just talk about a thing there's some other things that i was thinking about we will have to like figure out our song for the show to introduce our, our guests yes. or our show i was trying to think of the pun for like an obsession session like some, like what's a session? where we talk like a thing where we just talk about shit we're obsessed with at the moment. Like the at word the session is at the mo. I was like OB session. <laughs> OB. I know that's too, too many too many weird things going on that there. I'm just go, telling you
2: that could go a little squirrely.
0: I know that's the point. I'm <laughs> I'm pitching you the, the silly ideas, but figuring that thinking of uh, the the, I mean there's so many things, and I feel like we gotta. Wrap this shit up. How do we do? How do you feel? I, I think mean, we, we did good. Guys, we could go on forever and ever and ever. This is going to have to be edited with an entrance <laughs> life. But hopefully I know. you learned Terrence, a little bit about me. Terrence,
2: I, I'm, I'm, I apologize in advance, Terrence. Our
0: producers, Terrence, will be referring to him a lot. But hope you learned a little bit about S, a little about me. And uh, we'll have guests in the future that can hopefully maybe corral us in a little bit more with our rampant
2: curiosity. We're going to need a little bit of reeling in for sure. But we have so many fun segments coming up. And then we're going to interview a bunch of really... Cool, cool people peoples. that we may or may not know. There's people we're gonna have friends, but we'll also a have people friends. that we've never met before. That we're going to literally meet. Maybe
0: some of the listeners right now, you know, they may be calling in with with some stories, and we're turning into a song. So if you're listening to this, you're gonna grow with us. You're gonna see how we can maybe, you know, improve upon the show as we go along with segments or lack thereof, or get, you you know, this is we're all figuring this out as we go along together. So if you've taken a gamble already on listening this far. Thank you. And thank you for sticking
2: with us. We're only gonna get better, honestly. We are we're truly gonna be like a fine line.
0: Every time we do that thing.
2: That I thing do. I do.
0: That thing I do is a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios.
2: If you like the show, which I know you do, please be sure to like us, follow us, and leave a glowing review.
0: Thank you for listening to our show. We'll see you next time.